I'm Obi, and this is Ed, and we are drinking from the Garden Hose. Uh, tonight we have a very exciting episode about Nights Out. Uh, but before we get into it, let me remind you, you can get this show wherever you get your podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we recently just got on Samsung. Go ahead, wherever you are, like this podcast, like this episode, leave us comments. We want your feedback. We need your feedback. It's the only way to get better, because right now the charm is that we suck. Ed, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, uh, New Year's Eve, right? This is uh, this episode drops on New Year's Eve, and I think it's an appropriate topic to talk about those crazy nights that we used to have. Absolutely. You know, one of the one of the things about uh, New Year's Eve, it's uh, it always gets labeled uh, rookie night or easy night or the uh, semi pro night or any of those sort of nights that suggests that everyone's going out, but the but it's not just the professionals. And one of the reasons for that, obviously, is if you go to a bar on a regular night of the, that you're out, the bar closes at two, the bar is packed pretty much till two, or at least it empties out slowly. But the amateur night that is New Year's Eve, the ball drops at 12 by 12, 10, the, the place is empty. I think that's why it gets that rep. But I myself have had plenty of crazy New Year's Eves. I know you have, and we've had plenty of crazy nights. So I, I'm going to let you risk your job first and give the first story. Yeah. So first, I just want to I want to preface uh, a couple of things. First of all, a uh, crazy night for me today is a, a couple beers, the ability to stay up past midnight and then I wake up with a headache in the morning. That means I had a crazy night. So that that's that's today. Right. That's not maybe the way my life has always been. Uh, the other thing I'll tell you is that most of these stories probably involve a friend and it's not about me. So I just want to put that disclaimer out there because uh, I'm actually kind of a lame ass. But but with that said, let's let's get into the, I guess, uh, a relatable party, especially if you're a Rutgers uh, grad that listens to this podcast. Uh, I, I just got to go back to and we've talked about this on some other episodes, but we had a hot tub party in a backyard of our, our fraternity house. April of like, I don't know, 94, 95, 93, one of those years. Had my brother, who was a junior in high school, come down, set up the electric. Uh, and that was actually better than any professional electrician can do. But what was crazy about that night, Obi, and I think you remember this, what was crazy about that night is the fraternity house up the street, ZBT, caught fire and went up like a tinderbox. And everyone was having parties that night and everyone was out in the middle of the street just chanting, burn, mother, effer, burn. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of crazy when you see like a four alarm fire, right? Like what, four houses up. So I, I think it's great that you started off this podcast with the story that I had like listed in the in, in the maybe ad because it's like, what, did, what are some of the nights that I most remember with that? And that that was a whole day and night. Like that day started with a hot tub, moved to two-story funnels off of the roof of our fraternity house into the hot tub, uh, and then ended with a fire, uh, burn, baby, burn, as it were. And another thing I remember from that day, and we had, that was such a big party. We had fraternity brothers from other houses over. And there was one dude who, in my memory of the day, he picked up two kegs full, launched them onto his shoulders, and, and carried them from where we usually had our kegs to the bar in the back because it, it was an outside party. So that was a crazy day and night for sure. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up. But yeah, that was like also the good news about that is that we weren't doing anything crazy other than just a typical fraternity party. It just had one event after another after another and then a burning house. So that was a good one. Yeah, don't see that every day. No, 
No. I still so, feel bad. I still feel bad for uh, George and uh, Renee who put the uh, security deposit for the hot tubs on their credit card and clearly lost those security deposits. <laughs> Those, the, yes, those were days that everyone got a credit card for free. Like the, the, the credit cards are like, we're just going to sucker these these Generation X to get a credit card. They'll never pay that. We're still paying that credit. I paid off all my other credit cards, but the college credit card, which is, you know, I had a $500 balance and now I owe zillions of dollars on this and paid off because, you know, who could pay it in college? Exactly. All right. What yeah, do you I, got? What do you well, got? Let's, so, tell us about a crazy night you had, Ovi, and let's see if you can keep your job. So... Again, like Ed said, th these stories are definitely about our youth. <laughs> we try to protect ourselves. But one of the uh, stories that uh, I uh, am going to relate is it's a story that inspired a quote amongst uh, my group of friends. And uh, if I give the, the quote away now, that's like the punchline. But we were going to go uh, camping one night, which we did quite often. And we parked uh, the van where we usually park the van. And as we started hiking to our destination, because we had gotten off a little earlier than we usually do, or a little later than we usually do, we were drinking while hiking. And by the time we got to the campsite, I think there was other campers at the campsite. And, you know, if you know this story, you can correct me where I'm messing up. But the situation was one where we could not set up camp where we wanted to, and we were too inebriated to figure out a solution that was simply have been like, you know, walk to the next, you know, quarter mile and set up camp there or ask the folks if there was room for us. So no, what we did is we hiked back down the mountain and we were in really no, no state to drive. And uh, so we just get into the van and we realize that we have no idea what we're going to do. And a police car pulls up and the guy who was in the driver's seat did not know what to say. And he just looks at the cop and he's like, just a couple of campers trying to spend the night. Just a couple of campers. And I guess the police officer's thought was, well, they don't intend to go anywhere. I don't want to know. And he just drove off. And to this day, whenever anything is a little awkward, we look at him and go, just a couple of campers. Just a couple of campers. See, now, if only you had a Tesla with camp mode, you guys would have been all set. Yes, but that's reverse order. I understand that. That's, Preview. That's, a, that's a that's a joke that might take a week to get. Yes, yes. Spoilers, as they say. So you know, we used to have to do some crazy things back in the day, like hike into the woods to try to party because our parents, you know, were home. Uh, or another thing we used to do is we would rent hotel rooms, right? So you get a hotel room and you have the party in the hotel, and it's amazing that we actually did that a couple times and didn't get caught, like didn't get kicked out because staying in hotels now as a grown man, I know how thin those walls are. So it's amazing that we didn't get the cops called us. But this one night we did get the cops called on us relatively early into the night. And uh, so I hadn't been drinking at all at that point. So uh, we needed to go out. I mean, party's over. Cops kicked us out. So I uh, went home. Uh, to, I had somebody drop me off at my house uh, to get my car. And so then I was going to go out. And we were going to go out because I didn't have my car at this hotel party because I thought I was going to be drinking later. So I go into the house and I had a girl with me. We go into the house and my dad comes to the top. We're at the, the, the landing of my, you know, raised ranch house and he's uh, going to get the keys to my car. My dad comes flying out. It's like 11 o'clock at night. Now I understand how late that freaking was. But 11 o'clock at night, he comes out and he's standing up at the top of the stairs talking to me about what are you doing? What are you doing? 
all of a sudden I noticed the dude is not wearing any pants. He's like wearing his bikini underwear. <laughs> I'm standing there with a girl. I'm like, I like that. Put your pants. <laughs> he didn't even skip a beat. He goes, no, I want to know what you're doing. I'm like, dude, put your pants on and we'll talk about it. And then I got the hell out of the house. Very nice. Very nice. This, this, uh, your story mentioning hotel parties reminded me of a night that I did not have written down. That that's always one of my favorite stories about a hotel party. And we're at the hotel party. And as you know, in a hotel party, there's always one or two people end up passing out on the bed while other people need to try to get out of there. So it's still relatively early-ish in the night. And, uh, I, I don't know where, this 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 girl had come from to be at the party but she i do not recall seeing her you know party harder she just came in she's like i'm done and, and went to lie down in bed she was a legitimate uh punk rocker long before uh punk rockers were anything you know that you see when i say she had a one foot mohawk she had a, literally a one foot mohawk she was she was uh, definitely punk early in the world of punk uh and so she's passed out on the bed and I start wrestling with another guy over who knows what still couldn't, we don't even know. And we fall on the bed. And next thing I know, this skinny girl with the Mohawk is landing blows on the top of my head. Like, like Rocky. Just and I was like, Whoa. So, you know, fortunately I did not uh, retaliate and she was removed from beating me up and I apologized and she went back to bed for the next three weeks at school. We had one class together and, and every day she'd walk in and just be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So again, hotel parties lead to some crazy things because there's too many people and too packed of an area beer in the bathroom and just a mess that uh, you got to deal with. Cause you know, laws. So, Obi, I thought, like, the biggest risk of this episode was to actually lose our jobs, right? But you just managed in one story to tell how you had a, a gay wrestling match. And not that there's anything wrong with being gay, but you had a gay wrestling match and got beat up by a girl. It's the you same, in the same story. You so want my you, card? Yeah, I think you lost the man card. You just you just told a story that you lost your man card in. I was drinking beer, not uh, seltzer, does that matter? Yeah, well, I don't know. I may have done a funnel that night. Can I get a little bit back? I don't know. I don't know how the story ended really was a little painful for me. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to take a sec another story then because one of the things about crazy nights is unfortunately, sometimes you end up in places you shouldn't be. I think uh, we called them sketchy uh, back in the day. Uh, whatever happened, the word sketchy, I think it got replaced by uh, sus, but we ended up, you end up in some sus places. And I was uh, out at a concert and I had tickets for the next night's show and somebody wanted to buy a ticket for the next night's show. I had an extra. So I was like, sure, no problem. I will uh, sell you a, a ticket for the next night's show because I have the extra. One of my friends canceled on us. So he goes, okay, here's the hotel we're going to be in. Again, another hotel story. And this is a nice hotel. Like, I walk into this hotel, and I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I'm like, and go up. When I say nice hotel, by the way, I don't mean, like, uh, the Ritz-Carlton. I mean, not a motel. 
You know, just like this is too nice of a hotel. This is a business hotel, if you will. So I walk up to the counter, like, oh, like, hey, so I need to get to room XYZ. And they look at me like, you don't need to tell us, just go in the elevator. I was like, oh, okay. So I go in the elevator. I get up in the into the hotel room, knock on the door, like this some the wrong person to answer it. The guy answers the door. It's it's the right room. And I walk into the room and I instantly know this is not where I need to be. Um there was a lot of paraphernalia there, but the craziest thing was apparently this guy was selling was a nitrous dealer, and he was passing around in the room a balloon that took two people to hold. I'm not joking. Two people had to hold the balloon at a time as people went to the balloon and were sucking on the nitrous, and I was like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. This is the kind of thing that happens when you've been drinking too much and you're trying to sell a ticket to a concert for $25, so yeah, that was, that was a... That was a moment of, hmm, I ended up in the wrong sketchy place. Interesting. But the doors were on the inside, so it wasn't that, you know, that sketchy. Yeah, no, like, that's the thing. It wasn't a sketchy hotel. It, was, it wasn't a Motel 6 or something like that. It was, like, a nice hotel. I think the guy was making good money is what it came down to. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, like, yeah, not, not like, when he gave me the, oh, no, this is a nice hotel. This is not a, uh a hotel party hotel. This is a hotel a businessman stays in. It's like a Hyatt or a Hilton. Right, so, so, so we'll skip to another another somewhat hotel story. So this is a, an Atlantic City story. So right, there's a, probably a lot of crazy Atlantic City stories, but this this actually has like branches of craziness from it. So we're in Atlantic City, and actually it started off as a golf weekend. So we went golfing in the day. That night we went out, uh, had some dinner, and then we went out to a, a club. We we get to the club. This is the first time I ever found out about bottle service, right? We go into the club and and all of the tables that all the good tables had reserved on them. So I was with a buddy who uh, likes to throw his money around, and he's like, "Oh, what, what's that all about?" And they're like, "Oh, you got to have a bottle service." So next thing you know, we're we're getting seated there, bottle of vodka, all the mixers, Red Bull, cranberry, right? Uh, anyway, uh, after we're done with that, I had a, a few uh, Red Bulls and and vodka became my new favorite drink. I'm gonna get to that in a second, but Red Bulls and vodka. So able to stay up well past midnight. So I, I just remember uh, finishing up gambling. It's like two in the morning. I'm on the lobby level of the of the hotel, and I go to the hotel. I press the up button. All of a sudden, the hotel, <laughs> the elevator door opens up. And there's one of my buddies. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You're going gambling at two. He goes, no, I'm trying to go back to the room. Dude was riding the elevator up and down, up and down. <laughs> So luckily, I uh, I took him back to the room and saved him. Otherwise, he was going to be on that elevator all night. But here's where the story gets really crazy, Obi. So the Red Bull and vodka, right? So it becomes my new drink. So for like the next month, every Friday and Saturday night, I am figured I'm going to just drink Red Bull and vodka. I don't need to drink beer. And uh, all of a sudden, I noticed I started having these, uh, like my chest was getting tight. And I felt, felt like, I don't know, it just felt weird. And I just had a kid. So my wife's like, you should probably go get that checked out. You should go. We lived like a block from the hospital. Go to the ER. You know, you, maybe you're having a heart attack. So I go over to the, the hospital. On, on, you know, most men don't even want to deal with that. But I go. I got a, I got a newborn. I don't want to, you know, uh, make her fatherless. So I go into the ER. They look at me. They ask me some questions. They're like, oh, what do you what'd you do today? I'm like, I played golf. Like, did it hurt more when you played golf? I'm like, nah. They're like, uh, here, drink this. And they gave me like my, Maalox, right? So clearly they had it pegged for indigestion as a result of all the caffeine from the Red Bull. So next thing I know, I'm laying in this ER room thinking I'm good to go. And this intern comes in and he says, uh, oh, there's one more thing we have to do. Did anyone give you your rectal yet? 
I'm like, what are, what are you talking about, rectal? And he's like, no, we got to just make sure that, you know, both ends are working, you know, that you're not bleeding somewhere. I'm like, there's no blood. And they're like, no, we still got to do this. So he rolls me over on my side and uh, he literally roughs me up, Obi. Like I was like moving back and forth on this table uh, while, while he was checking this, right? And I'm like, I'm like just befuddled. Like what the hell is going on here? So anyway, I, I get out of there. I go home. I call my buddy who's a doctor and I tell him the story. Is the doctor like, the same guy who likes to, to that guy? Throws yeah, throws money around. Yes, yeah, same, same guy. Good, good. Same, same guy, you know him. And so I call him up and he just starts dying laughing. I go, what, what's the joke? I just had fingers up my bowel. And he says, he goes, man, we used to do that to the interns all the time. Even if they don't need a rectal, we made them give rectals. I'm like, so I was the literally, but and pun included, butt of somebody's joke. Well, you may have deserved it. I mean, you talk about ending up in places maybe you're not supposed to end up after a night of wild drinking. I mean, that is the definition of it right there. Yeah. yeah, but this was a month later, though. It wasn't like I ended up there the next morning after that elevator ride. No, I, I, I get it. I understand that. That's just, you know, what happens with it. I mean, I, I uh, it's another, Steve, I, I, you're, 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 you're triggering stories of me here that I didn't have listed that make me look worse. But here we're going to go because uh, I had a friend. He was a bartender in the city. Um. And uh, I went to uh, visit him one day at his bar, which was a pretty happening place. And it was about the time that Red Bull and vodka was becoming a thing. Or Red Bull and any drink was becoming a thing. And so I had one. And I got to be honest. I thought somebody did something. Like, I'm like, what? What? wait, wait. And I kept going, what did you put in that drink? What did you put in that drink? And, of course, it was like one of the last drinks I had that night because, you know, whatever. I had to make sure I could get home. And, uh, and I took the took it so I'd be awake. And I mean, I was wired. Next thing I know, we're trying to find after hour parties for like we spent three or four hours trying to find after hour parties. And I left the city in the morning when the first uh, the first train out came. But that was my uh, that was talk. We were in some shady areas. Not nothing like oh, this is the story. Just shady area, the shady area, the shady area. Trying to find these after parties with these girls. So yeah, get, Red Bull I, and vodka. I get a kick every time I see the Red Bull uh, ads on TV and it says Red Bull will give you wings. I'm like, no, Red Bull will make you end up in wrong spots. <laughs> and so how true is it now that I shared where I ended up from Red Bull and you shared where you ended up from Red Bull? So if anybody's listening to this that hasn't had Red Bull, probably not a good time to start. No, no. All no, right. No. So Obi, so Obi, another we'll go, we'll go fraternity story, but this wasn't ours. Back, you know, this is again way back in the day. Obviously, we had friends that we went to high school that joined other fraternities at their colleges, and then you would go visit them every once in a while. So I was visiting a buddy of mine at his school, and apparently they had a tradition. Uh, and uh, thank God this didn't happen to me because I was able to to stay up later than this other individual. But they had a tradition like if you were to, I don't know, like say fall asleep or or maybe pass out at the end of the party or before the party was over. They would, uh, I forget, I think they called it last rites and probably a lot of places do this. So you've seen the, you, you write on somebody with a Sharpie and you draw, that wasn't what they did. This, they took, they took all the wonder bread that they had and all the flour they had and they would dump it on the person. So the person would wake up in the morning and they'd be just covered in flour and pieces of bread all over them. That, 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 that's a good way to, to, to get the guy, but you know, that's a waste of wonder bread. When you're in college, wonder bread is important. 
you know, I, I can only think that this was a rich fraternity that I was visiting because you're right. I wouldn't be throwing food around. I mean, flour. First of all, yeah. Well, first of all, obviously a rich fraternity that they had flour in the house to begin with. Like, why would you have flour in your fraternity house? Yeah. Who's baking? Exactly. Who? Well, I'm sure there's baking going on, but not with flour. No, no, you're right. No. And not with the, I, I have a side note. I learned today, yesterday I learned that baking is also a technique involved with putting on makeup, but I digress. I, I don't think this fraternity was doing that kind of baking either. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, that, that, that is good. I mean, you would definitely go and visit friends in college and go to their worlds and just be like, Ooh, this is different. This is a, a different, a different flavor. I mean, I went to the Lehigh Lafayette game, which, for anyone who knows uh, college football is one of the oldest college football rivalries out there. And it's quite a party uh, when you go. I don't have any clear stories from it, but I do know that everywhere, everyone rents solo cups the entire time. But that's visiting uh, other schools. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell another. Oh, this is a story about something I saw. Well, out. uh one night, and this was a New Year's Eve night, and anyone who lives in New Jersey and has spent New Year's Eve in any way, shape, or form in New York City knows that the train ride home on New Year's Eve is crazy because it's free. So they encourage you know they don't want you to get yourself killed. So you're in and out of the city for free, and uh, we're on the uh, the path coming home from the city to Hoboken. I'm sitting next to a buddy of mine, and standing up in front of us is this woman who's holding on with two hands to the rail at the top. And as the day is going on, she's standing up passed out and her fingers on the rail. Every time the train shakes a little bit, separate a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more. And we probably should have woken her up and given her our seats but we were both just too drunk and fascinated to not. And we just both kept looking at each other and looking at her and looking and she did make it home successfully. And as soon as the train stopped for the actual right stop, she woke up, let go and walked out. And I don't know what came over us, but me and my buddy, we spent like three, four minutes laughing as we got off the train. The rest of the people with had to like walk us through the streets because we could not stop laughing. I know I'm laughing inside here. There are tears forming on my eyes. Hysterical. I hope he's listening because he'll remember that. And that was just one of the funniest things ever. This woman just, but she made it. And boy, I was not a good camper because I definitely should have helped her out. I thought you were going to be telling me a story about how you watch this woman fall over and crack her head open. So I'm glad <laughs> that the story had a good ending because you've already lost your man card. I thought you were going to lose your humanity card too, but that's good. I'm glad you're still with us as a human. So, you know, one of your stories reminded me, and you might have been with me this night. We went to, were you with us with, uh, when we went with Beaker in his car to Drexel? Were you with us that night? No. All right. No, so, so, so we go to Drexel uh, for, to our sister fraternities at Drexel, and we party there all night. But if you remember back in college, like you didn't want to be like worrying about your, your winter coat. So this was in the middle of the winter. So you would always leave your coat at home. And it was always a cold walk to the bar, but you never noticed on the way home. Well, this was one of those situations. We parked the car in a street in Philly. We go to, we leave our winter coats in the car. There's four of us. And we go into this party. We end up sleeping in the, the, the fraternity house that night because we weren't driving home. 
in the morning we go to get to the car the windows are busted out our winter coats are stolen and all the spare change this guy had in his car was gone so we we i lo- i i'm in college and my winter coat is stolen like i was screwed like i just couldn't go out and get another one i had to go like the next three weeks before winter break i think it was before winter or, or maybe until spring break without a winter coat ouch ouch yeah yeah that area of drexel which i'm near is not uh not where you want to be leaving things that are easily attainable in a car because they they will take it because everyone needs a winter coat so yeah that's that's no fun i mean you know, that night at the uh, the club, uh, you know, the, the robbery club, they, you know, probably, hey, what'd you get? What'd you get? I got four winter coats and a couple they're, quarters. They're like, hey, winter, winter, chicken dinner. You can, with those quarters, you can, <laughs> with those quarters, you can go into New Jersey and, and rob other cars. And uh, with, the, with the jackets, no yeah. one will recognize you because the jackets are too high end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So I think I got, I got, I have two more stories I wrote down. Um, this one, you know, a lot of these stories I'm telling because I, I know that some fans of uh, our show grew up and they know these stories and it's just a little reminder to them because I don't tell them as funny as they are or as I remember them. But I am going to tell one another one. This one is about me. I'm not losing any man cards or anything on this one, but I, I am getting a little egg on my right, face. Good. It's uh, I think I'm actually a freshman in college visiting uh, my hometown, but I may have been a senior and in high school. Either way, I, I'm not 21 yet for, you know, hey, come and get me. Um, it's prom night, but I'm not going to prom. A bunch of my friends are going to prom, and a bunch of us are at the prom party house already ahead of time because we didn't go. And we are drinking Sambuca. Someone brings out the Sambuca, and someone brings out the matches. So we're drinking flaming shots of Sambuca. And I am out pretty much long before the prom folks get back from prom. And I don't know what was said to me. Uh, the other people who know this story may remember. There may be some relevance. There may not be. I just know that I wake up, look at this guy who I can see has just got, has come back from the prom now because he's wearing his tuxedo. And I just say to him, Flaming shots of Sambuca. They work all the time. Woke up the next morning. So flaming shots of Sambuca became one of those things that people would say to me, a little ribbing on me. You know who you are, who were involved in that story. I hope you get a laugh, a giggle, or at least a memory out of that one. Meanwhile, we have a, a fraternity brother who, it, I, don't, I don't believe it was flaming shots of Sambuca. It might have been 151, but burned his well, whole arm up because he spilt the flaming shot all over himself. And I think you you were probably in the room that that, You're you're actually a little bit wrong on that. That's how Beaker, who you just mentioned, got his nickname. It was Everclear. And it was empty bottles of Everclear. And they were going to light the flame, you know, light the Everclear shoots out a big flame. Instead, he, I guess, yeah, he, instead of going to the side, he put his arm right in front. The flame came out all over his arm burnt up his arm while the bottle, of course, launched across the dorm room. And that is how Beaker got his name. I believe he burnt himself while pledging, and hence the nickname, or right before Beaker. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. That that was a crazy – I wasn't there, but that that's a crazy night. So here's my last one. 
Uh, and then, uh, you know, if you have another one, we can share it. We could wrap up. But here's my last one. It involves Vegas. And I think Vegas could have its own episode and probably could have a part two as well for all the crazy stuff that happens in Vegas. And we all know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I shouldn't be telling a Vegas story, correct? However, this is a story of something that happened in Vegas that didn't stay in Vegas. So I went to Vegas for a bachelor party this one time. And you, you think about, wow, bachelor party in Vegas can be pretty much off the hook. And it was. It was a great time. So we end up going to a, a gentleman's club while we're out there. And uh, it was called the Spearmint Rhino, a, a, somewhat of a famous gentleman's club. Had a great time there. Had a great time until the brother-in-law of the groom or the soon-to-be brother-in-law of the groom who was with us decided to tell his sister what we did the night before. Now, this that he told who was soon to be. So as you can imagine out about the night before, the conversation with the groom the next day didn't go over well and kind of ruined the last day of the bachelor party. So again, what happens in Vegas is supposed to stay in Vegas. I'm not sure why anyone would tell uh, what happened. Uh, so you take whatever moral of the story you want. Brother-in-law shouldn't be going to bachelor parties, or if they do, they've got to keep their mouth shut. But either way, it did ruin the next day for everyone. And that's the worst part. The brother-in-law probably wanted to stop the marriage. Instead of stopping the marriage, he destroyed the bachelor party for everybody and became and became that guy. So yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a sad story. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it is. It is. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that guy's man card because I just earned my, my man card back from that guy. I'll just, I'll just take that back. Um, so the last one I'm going to tell, uh, which because I have this one still written down. And, you know, I, I do feel like, you know, we need a bigger audience and we need to be more professional in these stories so that you're laughing your butts off while you're listening to this. But this was a we have a friend. Uh, and so he'll be listening if he listens to the podcast. It'll be about a week ago. He's a Christmas baby. Happy birthday, Joey. And uh, we decided on Christmas Eve to go out to celebrate his birthday. Um, and we were still rather young. I don't know if we were 20. I think we were less than 21. I, I'm not sure because just I say that because I remember this as being one of the first times I went to the city. But that's really irrelevant to the story because we did whatever we had. We did get into a bar. We were drinking and drinking and drinking and whatever. And I guess some guys wanted to find something. And I mean that. Like, I don't know if they were looking for women or more booze or something else. We just, all I know is our group leaves the bar. And at one point during this walk from the bar to wherever we're going, I twisted my ankle pretty badly. So now I'm hobbling the entire trek through New York that's about to follow. And whatever it is that the guys tried to purchase, they purchased from somebody who was less than honest. And he tells them, oh, I have, again, I say this because I honestly can't remember what it was they were trying to purchase. Oh, it's in this building. So we're following this guy through the city. Obviously, as we're following, he's trying to lose us because whatever it is he had, he just took our money and was literally running. And we're following him through the city. But he's not out and out booking, probably because there was a lot of us. He was just trying to lose us. Uh, at one point, we enter this building. And this building is, like, condemned. There is, like, somebody who's supposed – like, any movie you've ever seen about a hotel that's super seedy and there's just somebody there, like, key – 215 just gives out a key that was the building we entered and he booked out the back and that was 
We were stuck in this building. The guy at the, was like trying to get us to give money for the key to get into the room. He wouldn't let us out of the building now without us paying for our room that we weren't for. This was the seediest, most disgust. Like it was not where you wanted to be. And this was our Christmas Eve. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, we're not, we're not going to make it home for Christmas. Nope, not at all. So one guy somehow books past and gets out the back. Of course, he's one of the two guys who drove into the city. And he's the guy who drove into the city with the sedan. Here I am with a legitimately sprained ankle in the back seat of a Jeep with 10 people leaving New York City in a two-door Jeep on Christmas Eve. We made it home safe, thank goodness. And I don't remember the Christmas day particularly being bad, but that was a rough one. And talk about ending up in a place you should not be on a Christmas Eve in New York City. It's almost a Pogue song, really. Obi, you you have your share of uh, ending up in bad spots. Let's just put it that way. Hopefully, hopefully you've gotten yourself together and turned your life around. Uh, now, right now, I'm in, now I now I uh, go with that saying: nothing good happens after 10 p.m., let alone 2 a.m. Well, I I was always raised: nothing good happens after midnight, and uh, and oh boy, is that true? Just from these stories, so. Uh, I would I would want to wish everybody a, a happy new year. Thanks for being with the drinking from the, the Guarding Hose podcast from the beginning. Hopefully you've been with us since the beginning. We've only been doing this for six months. And so I'm looking forward to uh, 2022 being a bigger and brighter year for both uh, humanity, uh, getting rid of this COVID crap, and also for our podcast. So, Obi, it's been a pleasure. I had a, uh, had a blast this year, and I look forward to 2022. And happy new year to you as well. Happy new year to everyone listening. Again, I'll plug it wherever you're listening. Go ahead, like us, subscribe, leave a rating, leave comments. We need, we need that. That'll help share this uh, podcast with everybody, you know, Uh, thank you for being on this journey with us for this half a year. We look forward to having you all of next year. I can tell you, I already have at least one great topic, I think, for uh, next year. I know Ed does, too. So we're ready. We're going to keep rolling this for another whole year. Make it exciting. Thank you, everybody. Uh, For Ed, I'm Obi, and this has been Drinking from the Garden Hose. Remember, the charm is that we suck.